1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Jack Ramsey's, Danny Moring, Brandon Sprague. Like, rate, subscribe. Help us thaw, find, help us grow the show. Good lord, you'd think after a thousand times I'd have this down, yet I don't because I'm an idiot. Uh, the let's see, we're, we're going live here Friday, November tenth, just after six thirty when we talked about uh, going live together at six o'clock. So this is normal for us. <laughs> um, what's really interesting is my headset. Oh um, no keeps doing this thing where it's dying over and over and over again. Well, that's freaking not good. Me out, making me think Brandon Sprague's head, head our uh, microphone is dying. So, uh no, you're good. You're entirely good. I just had to keep checking to make sure that it's on cuz I'm an idiot. Um, how you doing, brother?
2: Uh, I'm doing great as usual. We got stuck into a 30-minute conversation pre-show which uh it morphs from like hey, what we're doing on the show tonight to hey, what's going on uh within our own professional lives and sometimes we get caught up a little bit check the time at 6 30 so we thought it'd be a good time to go live uh i don't think danny that's the elephant in the room we got a lot to get to tonight yes i'm growing a mustache yes it's disgusting looking but you know what it's called a spite stash i was tired of being called ugly by my own family so i decided to grow a mustache i look awful with a mustache but it's a spite stash I don't know if you guys have ever had that before, but here I am, day three, mustache growing. Can Danny hear me yet?
1: I can hear you now. It's, you can it's, hear me so, now. Sor- sorting through my headset. I feel like it's going to okay. be a thing that's going to happen all show because apparently I left my headphones on oh. uh, all night, and uh, the battery is completely drained out of it. So okay. it's super, super good because uh, normally it's not an issue. But I've got it plugged in, and normally it stays up, but uh, apparently, uh, apparently it's not going to. Awesome.
2: Well, the, that's unfortunate news. Uh, we'll have to fight through it throughout the show with the headphones. You cannot hear me, I don't think. Uh, I can now. They, I can't you can now. now. Okay. I'm literally out. just,
1: I, I, I'm <laughs> I'm. just going to sit here and continually okay. hope that I have to hit this. So if it takes me a second, um, it's either that or I can try to find my other headphones, but I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Uh, okay.
2: So okay. Uh, well,
1: we, we can just kind of get into this.
2: Okay, let's just roll with it. If you need to get the headphones eventually, we can do it. I, I think we have to start with the obvious here. We have a lot to get to. Good questions coming in. Indeed. Uh, got some X's and no's I want to bring up. We got a second tournament game uh, approaching on Tuesday, and we have a little bit of a recap with the Kings and Blazer game from Wednesday. Uh, Danny, I, I, I think it's easy to start here. Blazers announced that Robert Williams, Time Lord, is undergoing season ending knee surgery. Uh, Sham Sharania also tweeted out that uh, known blazer hater, by the way, Sham Sharania uh, reported that Scoot Henderson is out at least two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, That's involving his sprained ankle. Where would you like to start here? Time Lord season ending, Scoot being extended another two weeks. Where would you like to start? Uh,
1: I think it's to start with Scoot just because it's the simpler of the two, I think, right now. Uh, Scoot is going to be out for two more weeks. It sounds like he he wanted to try to give it a go, and it just wasn't quite there yet, so they went and got another look at it and to make sure. Uh, and they found the bone bruise, and they're just going to make sure that they're super careful with him. Um, doesn't, it doesn't sound like it's anything nefarious or bad or like he's got a high ankle sprain that they're super worried about. Um Stuff happens. It's the you know you go, you go get the extended look at it. Um, when it doesn't work, then you kind of go from there. Uh, when we talk about Time Lord, Time Lord is obviously a bigger issue. Um, ultimately, even though the Blazers are losing him for the season, I think it's the right call. Uh, he had the cleanup surgery before on the opposite knee, and with that, you know, anytime you have that kind of situation, you got it. You take a look at it and you go, ah. I think he needs to make sure he takes care of it. So it's just, you know, it's it's wildly unfortunate. And you want Rob to be okay and you want him to be healthy. But he needs to make sure that he gets as right as he can. Um, and if they're suggesting that he needs the, the, the bigger, greater, grander surgery to fully recover, to give him one last shot, I think that's the way they need to go.
2: Let me ask you on Scoot real quick. Would you be shocked... Or what's what do you think the percentage chances are? Your best guess, I, I guess, at this point, of him missing more than two, like this extending to three or four.
1: Uh, from the folks that I've talked to, no one really thinks that that's that's there. Okay. But I mean, I, I, let's put it this way: I, I have no real no reason to believe that this is a, a GP two situation. Okay. So.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> where the entire medical staff's like, no, seriously, he's good to go. And he's telling people that he needs more time. Um, so and real quick, um, the blazers, I've seen some people already like, Oh, the blazers medical staff. Um, not that the medical staff they had before was poor by any means. Um, but the entire medical staff has been flipped over. Jeff Clark and, and, and Jessica are are, are both gone. Um, Mm -hmm. so they have a new medical staff in place. So, uh, uh, my headset was going in and out while you were explaining your, your your mustache, and I just let me just tell you, from my co-host to you, both having terrible mustache right now. Um, yeah, I really can't get away from this.
2: Yeah, let me get a little closer so you can mm. see it a little better. It's kind of blonde. Good lord, uh, you guys it both comes in.
1: Just he has the, the the Pedro Pascal going on.
2: Oh, the, the, the yeah, he's got yeah, he kind of has that vibe going yeah. the way his he's got tan skin, yeah. his face kind of yeah, I I know what mustache yeah. you're talking about yes. with him. Mine just looks like a thing of pubes ran it's to this my nose. It's a dirty caterpillar. Yeah, it's a very dirty caterpillar. Mm. It's very disgusting. I'm not proud of it, but I had somebody today tell me they think it might grow into like a Tom Selleck situation, and in that case, I'm kind of curious to. Get that's to an that. that's
1: an elite stash.
2: Uh that is an elite
1: stash. It's quite. My, a mine, mine doesn't get that kind of volume. Like I, I have, I have solid facial hair, but mine does not like get that voluminous. Yeah.
2: Like well, I, I, you know, I I've been told that I look gross. I've had somebody call me a chomo with a mustache. It just I've had not the greatest compliments with the facial hair. Thanks. Um, but again, it's a spicy mine hides thing.
1: A, hides a second or third chin. So that's why that's why I opt for it.
2: That's that's actually the most underrated dirty secret of men in general is most of them have beards. See,
1: it's it, it, exactly yeah. See? I,
2: I can't do that, and I, I have. A
1: I, I, I do that. It's a double chin, but see if I if I, if I get rid of the the goatee, it's a yeah. triple chin. So it's like I can't right. I can't get rid of that. That's then. It's like oh no 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 no.
2: I I hate to ask you this. It's um, personally I think it's kind of the gross weird part of the uh, media slash sports landscape oh, God. that I have to that Wh- I have to ask you this Wh- question. Which part of that? Well. This one's one that I'm not very fond of. Mm. What does this injury mean for Time Lord's future in terms of how the yeah, team views this? And the like value. I, I, I well, I, I don't want to
1: use that, but like, what's your overall read of this? I hate this. I yeah. really don't want to talk about you, it. You're now. not wrong because it is it is something that does matter. Because um, I feel awful for him. I do. I mean, not being able to flip him, I and mean, I I have not heard that the Blazers were interested in flipping him in any any kind of immediacy. Um, with in all seriousness when healthy rob is a defensive player of the year caliber big he's like he only played those six games i was getting ready to do a, a breakdown of him went like the night at, or the night he got hurt and i was gonna go hey look he's only playing you know 21 minutes a night but here's what he's doing holy right. crap like you wonder why the blazers defense looks so good this is a big part of it because they go from having one really good athletic big to having another really good athletic big on the court at all times um and so that value was there, and there's teams like Memphis that are sitting there going, "Oh God, we have nobody we can trust here." Um, there's other teams, obviously, that are going to try to gear up um, around the playoffs and and have somebody that is impactful down the stretch and could swing a, a series. Uh, that's gone. So if you're if you're in trading for for Time Lord now, then that's like, you know. You're, you're investing in somebody further down the road and not this year. Um, you'd also have to get a very, very, very good look at his medicals before you make that move. So um, it certainly takes a hit in season. Um, I would expect that if anything is going to happen, it's in the summer now. And even then, teams might want to see him play for a couple months before they make that kind of move. So um, on the immediacy, if the Blazers were going to flip him, problematic. Um, yeah. but beyond that, the, the dude is hyper talented. Like there's no, there's that, that part of it. Like when he was on the court, these six games, he was really good, really good. Um, yeah. so, you know, half a dozen one, I just left it at that.
2: Okay. Um, let me, uh, let me, let me transition out of the injury stuff. It's, it's awful news. I feel
1: really bad for It school. sucks.
2: Missing this much time. And Rob Williams having an, another one of these setbacks. Oh, you mean is- you don't
1: want to talk about Malcolm Brockton's hamstring either? <laughs> well, we can, we can get to the Malcolm stuff. Um,
2: you know what? I'm thinking of off-air conversation. So, like, I, I, I don't know. I bring up Malcolm. Uh, he left the game with a hamstring injury. Hamstring injuries are really tricky. They're really bad. Yeah. We know they can vary, though, in length and, and kind of what it is. We're, what's the latest that you've heard on Malcolm? It
1: sounds like one of those things we'll, we'll know more on Sunday um i haven't heard anything it's like oh crap it's a grade two strain like it's not uh it doesn't sound like it's chris paul you know a couple years ago but we'll see kind of where that goes um hopefully that the imaging comes back and it's a minor tweak but hamstring soft tissue man yeah don't like them don't like don't don't like those especially hamstrings and 30 year olds i just i I would probably just rather just say keep him down for two weeks and then kind of recheck it. Remember, mm-hmm. remember Dame? He had the calf last year, and you know he told me he was fine. He's like, I'll, "I'll be back soon." I'm like, "Be sure about that, brother." Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe you shouldn't. Like, um, so uh, and he came back, and then after that, talking to him, he told me I shouldn't have come back. <laughs> you know, it was like yeah so anytime I see those uh I mean honestly this team is a mash unit right now Shadens thumb, I know Shaden thumb is like a degree away from being ants like he had oh. the thing, he had the thing yanked back like it yeah. it's 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 hurting him like it's it's genuinely bothering him uh which I kind of think makes his play look all the more impressive um everyone's ba- actually the only I shouldn't say this out loud I mean knock on wood I think the only one who's not banged up at all right now is JG. JG's like the only one who's like actually him and DA both are. I was gonna ask, both what's DA got? Are, I hadn't heard anything about are, DA. Are pretty damn healthy.
2: Yeah. Um, it's encouraging, I think, to hear that Malcolm's gonna test that out on Sunday. Fingers crossed on it. I'm kind of with you. But I'd imagine a veteran like Malcolm is not going to play on that and risk anything. So the fact that he's willing to test it Sunday kind of leaves me in an optimistic standpoint hearing that from you. Um, is there anybody else? Like, I, I, if, you know, it's funny about the injury thing real quick. I saw the announcement that Murray and repair were going to go to the, uh, the remix.
1: Yeah. They're, they're going to play here actually in about 20 minutes
2: against the South Bay Lakers. Yeah. But what's funny is I saw that announcement and I saw the later announcements and I went, I'm sure they're going to be right back up. They're going to be 100%. right back up here because they need it. Yeah. Him. yeah like, groups might
1: not. Roops might, might stay there and play with, the, with sure. the G League team, but Chris will. Chris will come right back up. Um, for everybody wondering, you can go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth all you want. That's the, that's the whole point of yeah. like having your own G League team. And the thing is, like, it was like, how are they going to get back with the Blazers? They're in L.A., guys. <laughs> like, the, the team is in L.A. They went from Sacramento to L.A., they're spending four days in L.A. It's normally, it, like if the road trip was Sacramento, Utah, L.A., they would have come back home because nobody wants to spend late November in Utah when you're right. in Portland. Like, wh- We have crappy weather back home. Like, Let's go home to crappy weather. So yeah. instead, they, they had a, a four-day break in L.A., and it worked out really well because the G League team is playing in South Bay as well. So uh, Joe Cronin and I think a, a couple of the other staff members on the big club are down there watching the, uh, the G League team tonight.
2: There we go. Um, we'll get to the questions coming up. Uh, sneak peek ahead of uh, the Utah Tourney game two. But I wanna I actually want to start with some X's and no's now that we're past the injuries here, Danny. <laughs> Twelve um, minutes later. <laughs> well, I know, but you know, we can't <laughs> shut up. Uh the Blazers played a tight one against the Kings on Wednesday night. Damn, you pulled off the upset. Which um, is incredible. It it really was. They, they fell in overtime. I, I
1: personally
2: Danny, I thought that was Chauncey's best game as a coach. What though for you stood out from an execution standpoint?
1: Uh, well, I wrote about it with Skyler. Um, it, it, Jeremy Grant should get all the attention, rightfully so. Thirty-eight was it? Thirty-eight nine and five. Um, the guy that didn't rebound, that doesn't rebound, rebounded. The guy that doesn't pass, passed. Mm-hmm. Da 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 da. Um, he was incredible, but. I thought Skylar Mays going from a guy who probably thought he was going to play 18 minutes to playing double that, playing 37 minutes, going 8 to 15 having 11 assists, only having three turnovers, um, being a floor general, getting into their sets. Like you just, and this is not to like Sully Scoot's name, you could just see the difference between professional organizer and rookie. And that was such a huge difference. I mean, how many points did they end up scoring on the night? 118? 118, yeah. Like, yeah, they looked way better. They shot 51% from the field. They shot 36% from three. They still got to the free throw line. They had 26 assists. They had The, the turnovers got a little high. Um, both uh, Jeremy and Shaden both had four apiece, which you want to see those cut down a little bit. But you also probably are putting those guys in, in creation positions that you don't necessarily want to. Um But I thought the big thing was this was kind of the example of, like, this is why I didn't necessarily – I shouldn't say this. I wanted Scoot to start the season to see where he was. That's why I was kind of like, maybe Ant and Shea should be the starters when Ant comes back, or, or maybe Malcolm until Ant. If, you know, if, if Ant was further out, Malcolm and Shea should start, and Scoot should play with one of those two. Kind of come in with that second group because you see the like how much it matters.
0: Uh-huh. And I'm
1: not talking about winning. I'm just talking about having a functional offense. I don't care about like everybody keeps talking about. Who cares about how many games they're win? I don't. But I do care about having the floor set so Shaden Sharp can do something and have a set that makes sense. And you're not getting that from Scoot yet? And I think you saw that from Skyler. I also think you saw... I don't know how much you can replicate it, Mm -hmm. but DeAndre Ayton had 18 points. Okay? 14 shots. Uh, So much of it. He had eight of it in the final, like, five minutes of that game where he was just banging mid-range shots. And I've had a couple of blasts, like, uh, I, I've mentioned that he that Da probably the second best big man shooting mid range shooter in the league. Uh, if you go to cleaning the glass, we pull it up real quick. I had it up earlier. I closed mm-hmm. everything. I'm a monster. Um, uh, Aiton. There we go. So DeAndre Ayton has been as the frequency come on shooting frequency so in mid-range frequency he has been in the 94th 95th then the 78th just dropped out of nowhere but then 99th 98th and this year 98th percentile as far as the mid-range accounting for shot attempts so basically he's been the number one big shooting mid-range shots
2: from the mid-range yeah
1: and that's in frequency You go to accuracy, he's been in the 77th, 58th, 80th, 94th, 70th, and 74th. So he's all the way up here in frequency. Quite literally, very tippy, Mount Olympus. And he's still way above average in conversion rate. So frequency, stupid high. Conversion, very high. When you have those two things happen, that's when you are elite at something. And DeAndre Ayton is elite at that. And you take a look at, really, Joel Embiid is right there in frequency, but he's a pretty significant drop-down in um, efficiency. And then you go look at Jokic, if it gets there. Frequency, he's been the last, let's see, five years, 96th, 97th, 86th, 91st, and 90th. So basically just behind DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Go look at accuracy. 96th, 94th, 96th, 97th, 94th. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, his mid-range accuracy over the last 5 years 53, 55, 59, 61, 71. Nikola Jokic might be the best mid-range shooter of all time.
2: Well, he's currently the best basketball player in the world, so yes. that would that would make sense. Yes. Like
1: he's um, interestingly enough, he's only a slightly above average rim finisher for a big. He's never finished higher than 75th percentile.
2: It's because he can't yam on people.
1: <laughs> and that's it. But also, his short mid, which is like outside the restricted area, like 3 to 10 feet. The little bunnies, yeah. He's been in the 96th, 91st, 97th, 98th, and 94th percentile. Mm. So he just eats in that 3 mm. to 10-foot range. And then in that 10 to 16-foot range, he's you know high 80s, high 80s percentile-wise for his career. But I say all of this to say that DeAndre Ayton is quite literally in that class. And that that's the kind of guy he is as a shooter in the mid range.
2: I, I, uh, I might be a stupid man, Daddy, but I'm catching on to something here that I have to ask you Mm. when you tell me those kind of numbers exist for Deandre, Mm -hmm. I'm curious. And now my counter is then how much of what they did could you replicate on a nightly basis? How much can you use what you did? I don't, We don't have to talk about expectations in terms of wins and losses, but the play that I saw against Sacramento is something I would love to see him do against Mm -hmm. AD on Sunday, if AD is playing. But either way, it sounds like he's
1: going to go tonight, so I think he'll probably go Sunday.
2: So if he's going to play Sunday, I would love to see that again. How much of what you saw in some of those actions or plays do you think are replicable versus like just kind of circumstance?
1: Some of it was circumstance. Some of it was like try to find the. A lot of it was like, try it. If it was go NFL, try to find the soft spot in the zone, sit down, like pick and try to sit in the soft spot. The difference is in, uh, this is kind of what I, I highlighted on my Patreon. And for those wondering, you can go to my Patreon and and there's a ton of stuff that's free. Um, it's not all paid. And this is in the the freed section. Um, the, the kind of the, what I'm watching stuff that comes out of most games, and a lot of it had to do with Skyler Mays. and so much of what Skyler does is, some some people get I think get lost when something looks simple, like oh, it's, there's nothing doing it there. The reason it looks simple is because he's so good, and by, by so good I mean that his mentally his processing is so good, his decision tree. Remember we were talking about decision trees with mm-hmm. Shane the the other day. Skyler's decision tree is very simplified. There's one play that stands out in the fourth quarter that was just like, oh, that's fine. They bust ass down floor. Jeremy Grant gets a switch, and he's got off night. Davion Mitchell, who is barely six feet tall on his back. Skyler recognizes this immediately, tells everybody to space out. Jeremy gets in the mid post. I asked Skyler about this. I've mentioned it before, his old man game. I also asked him about why can nobody in the NBA throw up entry pass? and he goes because nobody practices because nobody practices it and nobody knows it. Like nobody knows. Well, how I'll to start it. now. Yeah, like that's the thing is, like there's just guys don't know how to throw good entry passes. Ant went through this, and he had to figure that out with Nurk, like how to like actually throw post entry passes. But Skyler throws an entry pass. Jeremy puts his hand up, you know, baseball catch out out wide so he can catch and then face up. As soon as he gets it, wonderful boom. Skyler sees his man, Kessler Edwards, dig down on the second dribble. And as soon as that happens, Sky goes like this. Gets ready, gets in his stance so he can catch and shoot. Jeremy sees the double coming because it's from his face. Swings it back to him. Sky catches. Pump fake. Alex Len goes, what? Just air mails it. Skyler takes two dribbles. Looks like he's going to go to that pull-up floater. Which, did you see that floater he hit? Mm-hmm. Let it go at the, like just inside the free throw line, like 10 10 feet above the rim.
2: It looked like Tony oh. Parker.
1: Oh, it's so nice. He is such a great floater. Uh, but he gives a little shoulder fake. Another defender, I think it's Kessler Edwards, rotated back. Yeah, it was Edwards. Rotated yeah. back. Uh, he's out of the play and he just kicks it out to Matisse for three. But it was every bit of it was simple because it's, Skyler knew. And there's so much of like Skyler knowing. Than it is like, oh my God, he's this great player. He's just smart. He has a very high basketball IQ, and that's the thing is he's seen those things so many times that at that speed he can make those plays look simple. So he takes that play, makes it happen. And it's a, a lot of that was happening with Da. Is Skylar, even though he's not you know Chris Paul out here, has he has he tween tween you know get a guy in jail, get in the middle of the floor, make a bunch of decisions. He just draws the double, puts the defense in rotation, finds the like that was a lot of what there was. There's a lot of school ground stuff going on. Um, so I think they should try to find some, some way to make that work, whether that's, you know, putting him in some pick and pop spots, um, maybe doing some like screen the screener actions, some Spain pick and rolls. So basically that mm-hmm. means DeAndre coming up, setting a screen as he's rolling somebody else's man coming up and backpicking DeAndre's man so that just you get staggered defenders around a little bit more and in that vein maybe you can get a little bit of confusion you can get D.A. flaring out to the elbow he can either get a good look or somebody gets in a trail position to where oh, I don't know what to do and you get somebody questioning something you either got a lob to Shaden or Skyler gets a bit more space to operate and he can attack downhill like it's going to be interesting to kind of see how they work those things through. But DA's saying all the right things. Like, behind the scenes, he is not saying, give, like, give me the ball. He's like, I understand. We're, we got to mm-hmm. figure some stuff out. And so far, again, we're eight games into this. The, the, the frustrated, angry, bitter DA that was in Phoenix that was frustrated about his money and being screwed over there hasn't made an appearance. And he's been working his ass off defensively.
2: Uh, I would also add to that, like, Portland's expectations – like when they lose a game, he's not hearing it about it on Sports Center, and no. you're not watching pundits point the finger just at him as if he's the only one that makes the impact in the game or not. And so I was always kind of curious about the restart for him here in Portland. He seemed like he's kind of all in, right? The dominating thing. And I like to hear that his attitude so far, and as you say, eight games, hasn't uh, gone the direction that some may think that it was going to go. I, I do want to note one thing here. It's not like heavy X's and O's, but you mentioned something about entry passes with Skyler. Mm -hmm. And there was a play in the first half. I know you're going to remember this. Everybody will. There was a play in the first half, just as as observation, a play in the first half. Shea had the ball on the left wing, far side court. DA was kind of cutting down the middle and he threw a laser pass that the king defender then knocked out of bounds. Yeah, and he pointed, pointed to him up and went like, like this. Uh-huh. And then in the third quarter, Throws in the same lob. circumstance, perfect yeah. lob to him. And I thought that was a moment yeah. that. Dan Morang grabs lotion and runs to the restroom. So he that's not contain himself. That's,
1: that's actually, I, I was one of the things, um, the last show I mentioned the passing tree that I'm charting, that I charted for Shea. So what I started, uh, what I'm trying to do is, is after every game is updated. Yeah. And in that game alone, he had more aggressive passes than I think probably the previous seven combined. So there, there was definitely a, 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 a conversation has taken place about like, Hey, you need to be more aggressive with, yeah. your, with your with your passing. If you make a mistake, so be it. But uh, there's two people that can dribble, pass, and shoot right now, and it's you and Sky. So you all need to figure the hell out. Um, this isn't breaking news by any means, but the Rip City Remix have announced their official lineup, which is going to get underway here in just a minute. Their starting, oh. their starting lineup is going to be Justin Minaya, Chris Murray, Malachi Smith, Ryan Rupert, and Duop Reith. So that's the Blazers. There we go. The three Blazers two-way players, their rookie Chris Murray, and the Malachi Smith, who was in the camp with them.
2: Hell yeah. Um, it's very quickly cool because
1: it's, it's it's the very first time they're playing.
2: No, I'm with you. I hope we get the still image, you know, all that. I can't wait to – the jerseys looked amazing. The, I jerseys, the jerseys, jerseys, jerseys are dope.
1: I, for the home opener, I'm going to try and snag one and see if I can get the whole team to sign it to put up in the <laughs> – uh, I think, honestly, I think it's cool. Like, it's, Hell the, yeah, the, it fir, is. The first home game, like get a, yeah. get a ball, get a jersey or something to put up on the wall, I think it'd be cool.
2: Um. Very quickly, we'll move on to the questions here. Uh. I made the comment before we got into the X's and No's. What are your thoughts on the Chauncey thing that I said?
1: I just, I kind of walked I, I, away going, no, I was, I, I was I impressed by it. I 100% think you're right. I, I genuinely, like, I haven't been Chauncey's biggest supporter, but I've also not been Chauncey's biggest critic because, um, number one, I just don't do that to coaches for the most part because there's just so much we don't know. Well, especially
2: with this hand he was dealt. I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, Like, I know of things that were happening behind the scenes that weren't great, that, you know, every team has to deal with. And then there's, like, what you want to do versus how you think things should be done versus what personnel you have. Like, I was critical of, like, you can't put Yusuf Nurkic in aggressive coverages. Right. And Like, you can't. Stop. Stop doing that. Like, that was one of the things I really pushed back on. But now he's got DeAndre Ayton. All of a sudden, DeAndre Ayton's, like, steal and block percentages are the highest they've ever been. So and you're seeing a a, a very similar thing play out in Milwaukee right now with Adrian Griffin, mm-hmm. a head coach who doesn't have head coaching experience. Super who, who, struggle, yeah. who is was trying to put his imprint on the team and doing things that he probably shouldn't do. Like asking like, Brooke Lopez to yeah. play above the free throw line. You're asking one of like the five biggest guys in the NBA to play above the free throw line, and that doesn't work.
2: Or, you know, run off Terry Stotts, who's one of the best offensive minds the game's had in like a decade. You know what I mean? It's or run like, off
1: Terry Stotts, one of the guys that most, just about every player in the league respects.
2: So. Over, over the dumbest thing, too, like you couldn't just let him finish a Giannis and Dame tutorial for 20 minutes. Like... Yeah, oh, Look, like, I, I, like,
1: I'm watching that whole situation with yeah, eyes I the know. whole time.
2: I thought it was a sneak. We don't need to make it a buck pod, but I'll say sneaky good point I heard uh, this past week was usually you reverse this. You 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 make the trade, you get the extension from Giannis, and then you go get the coach for that situation. You don't hire the coach, and then it's, you know what I mean? Like, it might not be the fit. But, but they
1: typically uh, don't work out well.
2: Uh, it does not. Let's get to the uh, the questions here Indeed. that uh, you tweeted for about three hours ago. At Jack Ramsey's at Danny Morang at Brandon Sprague. Here we go. Uh, we will start with this from Keenan Montgomery. What are your thoughts about Tamani Kamara being the small forward of the future? What does he need to show the front office for him to be the small forward of the future? Or is that no way in hell, or is he already showing that?
1: Offense. He has to show something redeemable in offense, whether that's working as a playmaker, as a spot-up shooter, uh, as a guy that can attack a closeout. Um, offensively, he doesn't have anything redemptive. He's just, just not there. And like,
2: can, can I interject real quick? Yeah. I, I know he's a rookie. I know he's not trying to overstep boundaries. He's just doing what he's being asked to do. Mm-hmm. I'm a little, just a smidge. Danny, I'm a little surprised he doesn't. Shoot, like I just kind of thought if he could do anything, it'd be the tease thing, the spot shoot. But well, he's, been the thing is, he's, he's been great. He's been active.
1: He's got to actually take them. Um, his volume right. is low, um, but like I want to say, yeah, I, I, I can pull it up real quick. I've got I think to... he had
2: zero attempts against the Kings. Like I, I was just, it's, I'm it's surprised. Not just the, it's by not it. just
1: against the Kings. I was going back to his time in college. Let's see. Tumani, the great thing about Tumani is it's a name that's really easy to pull up. Let's see. Twenty, twenty-two, twenty-three, Dayton. Shot types, catch and shoot. Um, It accounted for a big percentage of his offense. It accounted for almost all of his shooting was catch and shoot. Um, But he only shot 33.7% on catch and shoot looks. He had an effective field goal percentage of 50.6, which it's below average. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's not, not a Massive deal. Um, he was twenty-eight of seventy-six, so he shot thirty-six point eight percent on catch and shoot overall, or on threes. Mm-hmm. So it's okay, but also NBA line further out. You know, yeah. Um, if he can, if he can get to that <clears> thirty-seven percent on catch and shoot, that's certainly more functional. But that's that kind of Mendoza line. Like, you really want to be at, like, 40% on catch and shoot if you want to be super effective. Um, Just as a call-out, let's take a look. Let's see what... Matisse isn't shooting real well this season yet. Um, But let's pull up his numbers this year. Shot types, catch and shoot, threes. He's at 34.6. Basically, what you're looking at is, like, a bigger-bodied version of Teese. Mm-hmm. which again not a bad player. Like you right. want you want to have a guy that 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 doesn't need the offense run for him, but you can't play 4 on 5. So, yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's broken or they can't figure something out, but they do need to find some way to get value out of him, which is d- does does he have some playmaking juice? Like can he work in a short role as a screener? I think that's worth exploring. Um can he be a guy like I've seen him make cuts where he hasn't gotten the ball, and I'm in like, ooh, that was a really good cut if they had seen that. Mm-hmm. So if they can find a way to, like – and, again, that takes time to kind of get a feel for the offense, get a feel for your teammates and where you need to work from. But defensively, he's going to be a stud. Like, legitimately, he's just going to be a stud defensively.
2: Yeah, I the only thing I'd add to that is I, I can't talk about, like, starting at small forward now in the future. What I would say, though, is, like, yeah the team's definitely noticing what he's doing out there and feels yes. very encouraged about where he's at right now
1: look i mean chauncey has put him on desmond bain he's put him on um scotty barnes he's put him on Kid cunningham like he's he's put those are massive on, assignments yeah, for a
2: second like, round player like yeah, that's massive he's
1: putting them on their best player like that's yeah. what, like for and it's not like for a period it's He's putting him on, like, those guys for whole halves. And he's saying, go make that guy work. And you watch him. He's picking guys up at 80 feet, cutting the guys off at 45. Like, defensively, he's just going to get better. He's going to get smarter and smarter and smarter. That guy is going to be a menace with, like, two or three years of NBA seasoning under his belt defensively. His, like, make or break, like, is he, like, a bit role player versus, like, no, he's a really good role player is can he... Can he stay on the floor? Can he keep a defense's attention? Doesn't need to be great. He just needs to hold their attention.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, that's our Giannis. He's going to grow four more inches and get massive. Uh, no,
1: that's Ryan Repair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that actually is the next question from at Scott underscore Alprin. Who are you most excited to watch on the remix? I'll just answer it quickly. It's Ryan Repair. I, I, I know there's other guys. There's guys that are going to call up and actually use Murray. Could be a, a really good answer here. I want to see the young French kid that the team really liked enough to want to bring in. And I'm, I'm, I know he's young. He's super inexperienced. Um, it's going to be a little raw at a lot of points, but I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how the growth happens in year one for him.
1: Okay. So you want to talk about like the, um, this I'm, I'm sound so hypocritical where, where I've backed off on the, the Blazers, like giving scoot and Shea the fire hose, give Ryan the fire hose with the remix. Give him the fire hose. Like, let him get everything. You want to put him on ball and put him in pick and rolls? Absolutely. Why? Because the remix is the place that you do that. You are not talking about four other professionals that are on the floor. Those other guys are trying to make it, but there's guys that you are dedicated to quite literally developing. That is what the G League is for, is a developmental program. And you want Ryan Rupert to develop. So yeah. if he's the guy that you're like, yes, this is the guy we're looking at. He's six foot eight. Like he is so long. He, like uh, when you guys get a chance to get into Moda and see Ryan, like go through his workouts and, you know, just kind of get a chance to be around him. Um, and we're still going to have him on the show. Uh, we'll have the kids on the show. Eventually It's just everything being shorthanded and being on the road so much is kind of a pain to make s- scheduling work, but they will be coming on. Um, but it is, it is like you see him do stuff that really pops and you go, oh, I get it. And the thing that I've heard from everybody is that, um, he works like first guy in last guy out kind of thing.
2: I and love I, to hear and, that. And I like that. I, I love like, that.
1: Like he's a worker, um, to the point of like, it stands out against other yeah. guys who work. That's like, oh, this guy gets it. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how that works. Um, Like, is he going to be like a super size two because his offensive game grows? Is he going to be like a ball handling four? Is he going to be just a three? Just can kind of do anything. Um, I would say he's probably the guy that I'm most invested in, in this team. And not even the remix, I'm talking about with the Trailblazers and not in the sense of like, I think he's going to be the best, I just think his his like his possibility tree is a mile wide. Oh, there's a million
2: forks in the road. Like which yeah. way it's gonna go? And I have that, no idea.
1: That but. to me is so cool. Like you, you're like, hmm, which way is this gonna go? Like is he gonna be pretty? Like is like is he gonna spend the next two years? Because he's he's so young. Uh, May of oh4 That's when he was born. <laughs>
2: He was born after you graduated high school and right before I did.
1: Yeah, he, I was two years in the military, man. That is wild to yeah, me. Yeah, he's a baby. Oh, so I, uh, funny side story. Um, I had the same surgery on my thumb that Aunt did, and I had it on both thumbs. I had both my thumbs torn when I was in the Air Force, and I was talking about how that happened. And, oh, we,
2: we Most of us know how that happened, but you we digress.
1: But – um. Shay was asking me like I, and I mentioned the guy like, I, I had the same thing Ant had and he was like oh for real what happened I told him and Ryan's on his phone and sitting next to Shay and then um it, like Shay started asking about like the various injuries that I've had because um, he obviously was around last year so he knew about the hip surgery and he was kind of just kind of going like and I was like do you really want to know all of them and he's like yeah let me, let me tell me and so I started running down all of them and Ryan's sitting next to him just going like this <laughs> like slowly looking up for his phone like I mean, holy like, shit like, this guy
2: is broken what
1: the hell he's just got this like sheepish grin and and he's finally he's just and I'm like you good he's like that's <laughs> that's, that's a lot <laughs> and you know with this french accent <laughs> and he's just smiling and laughing like he was like he just could not believe the the list of injuries and I go, and I, I'm like, "You're the reason I knew his birthday." Off the top of my head. I was like, "You're born May of 4 right?" He goes, "Yeah." I go, "I picked up like half these before you were born," and he was That's just like, "Wild." Oh, but yeah, no, I, I'm. <laughs> I, I love the kid already. He's super fun to talk to, uh, um, and I'm really, really, really interested to see what he's what he's going to be as he as he kind of matures through the process.
2: Uh, I want to get to a preview of uh, the Laker game, Utah game. Just kind of thoughts and, and feelings about the whole thing. Uh, I'll ask very quickly. Uh, at the Nason asks if it feels great to have uh, beachfront property in Miami. Oof, buddy! Uh, and they, is it nice?
1: It's. I mean, my God! I mean, I've got the kind of beachfront property that's going to get washed away by the climate here pretty soon. Like it's, <laughs> it's on, it's on the ocean. Like I don't even need to tweet. Like I retweet like injury news across the league regularly, and somebody was like, when uh, Malcolm got. Hurt or no, when Rob got hurt, um, when the surgery news came out, I had retweeted that Tyler Harrow had gone down because I I subscribed to basically every team's PR account because yeah, it, like for breaking news stuff, right? And um I just retweeted. It. I was like, oh, that you know, that's that's newsworthy. I retweet news all of the time, and somebody was like, um that's what you get for retweeting the Tyler Harrow news. And I'm like, what?
2: What a weird thing to say. But it was like
1: the the insane thing is none of these people follow me. So they're just constantly checking my, my feed over and over and over again. And I'm just like, buddy, what what are you doing?
2: They're the worst, man. It, it, it is, really are. It is
1: but yeah, I the, the beachfront property is insane. Like don't. I, 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 my 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 existence drives them insane. So whatever.
2: Uh at NerdRunner wants to know if you think they use an injury. Exception and go after a backup big. You think they do anything with a backup big spot or they can kind of roll the dice with the situation? I think
1: they might try to see what they can get what they have in WAP. Um wreath is on their, their two way and they can get some get some days out of him. Um I think they're gonna file for the exception, just so they have okay. it if they want to. So they'll they'll get up to half of Rob's salary, which is five and a half million dollars. Um, and they can use that um uh, to go out and get somebody. They could they could get a little bit more um the um I, I, I could go out and just go get like a a, a, a vet mid guy to plug and play like an old old guy off the off the the scrap heap let me see uh i was looking at this the other day nba Free agent centers i was looking at the list earlier it's not great the last time i looked um let's see so Nerlands is still out there dwayne deadman kem birch Kai Jones, don't think they're going to go down that. Uh, Taj? Taj Gibson would be supremely good for the vibes. Just never play him. Um, Also, he's a Mark Bartlestein Uh, client, so he's got a really good chance of landing in Portland.
2: I got to be honest with you. I didn't know Taj Gibson was still an NBA player.
1: Hey, he doesn't need to be.
2: Well, (laughs) I get it, but like... You said that, and I went. There's no way he's telling the truth on this. Taj Gibson has been out of the NBA for a decade. That guy is 88 years old. There's no way he's possibly trying to come back.
1: I I would I would love to see um. Todd He'd be good, go for, vibes. He'd like, be good just, for vibes. He'd be good for vibes. Just for vibes, and uh, also yeah. he went to the to the best school on the planet.
2: Uh, did he? He did. Oh, what school is that? The school that's going to lose to Oregon this weekend? Or
1: wow, wow, really? We're doing this, huh? I mean,
2: we're not doing it. Their defense isn't doing it. Like, blame them. Don't blame me. So now it's a Grinch problem.
1: Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you one more
2: uh, as we went through that. One more question that kind of goes into the the end of the pod here. Uh, and this one's from at Goofy Mon 1977. Given the limited amount of playmaking available in Portland's roster, what kind of adjustments do we expect to be made? in particular Danny how this deals with the Lakers on Sunday and Utah which is a tournament game uh, for the cup on Tuesday how do you think they're going to make these adjustments given how just depleted they are would you just kind of expect them to hope and pray it's the same thing that happened in Sacramento what is something yeah for you going into Sunday?
1: there's gonna be some bubble gum and duct tape for sure uh, I like when stuff happens live, teams don't know how to deal with it. I'm not just talking about the team it happens to, but the team you're playing against, because like your whole game plan just goes out the window, too. You're like, uh, who, who's this dude? What is what? like, even though you have scouting reports, you have in your head of like what you're trying to stop on a given mm. night. Um, I So there's been a lot of, and every team says this, we're going to play faster, we're going to play faster, we're going to play faster. The places are playing dumb slow. And the reason for that is they want to limit possessions. Because if they limit possessions, they can be in games because that gives them more margin for error. If you play with a ton of possessions, if the other team is more efficient, they can snowball very quickly, particularly with the three ball, because the Blazers are the worst three-point shooting team in the league. Um, this is what I, I want to see kind of coming out of this. I want to see the Blazers find ways to get more active cutters and it's very this, this is asking a lot so this is not this is not an easy ask Um find ways to get more guys in the dunker spot like see and the problem with this is getting deep paint penetration and f- being able to find guys but i would like to see them try to carry it a step deeper instead of getting to the pull-up because shaden settles so that pull-up a lot even if it is a good shot for him mm-hmm. um skyler's you know six foot six one like he's not super big so it's you saw it in that that play where very like right towards the very end of the game he drives draws four can't get the layup up he kind of just gets stuffed he had da running alongside him if he had stopped a, like a step sooner and got a little drop off to da da's probably got a really good look like those are the kind of things i want to see them get better at because we're hammering that they can't shoot line pretty heavily and they can't yeah. they're their worst three-point shooting team in the league they're 29th in rim finishing Jeez. So they can't shoot outside or inside. But I mean their st- offense,
2: their offense is bottom 6, isn't it? Oh, it's the worst. Is it is it the worst uh, offense? I'll,
1: I'll double check it right now. It was the worst.
2: I know it's near the bottom. Uh
1: They've
2: completely they, 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 flipped their their identities by the way. Like defensively they're sec, they're second, not
1: second to last and it's just barely. So uh yeah. por- Portland's offense is 105.0. Uh Memphis is 104.7. So yeah. uh their defense is 14th though. They're their top half of the league um and it's Honestly, you're talking about tenth of a points between 11 12 13 14. uh Memphis is a 111 so they basically have the same profile as Memphis and if yeah. you think about that their offense is almost the same their defense is almost the same yet Memphis is one and seven and Portland is three and five <laughs> and if you look at their expected wins versus this is all for, from cleaning the glass their expected wins on the season is 24.8. Memphis's expected wins based on this is 24.9. So it goes to show you like things have kind of gone better for Portland circumstantially on most nights versus expectations than they have for Memphis. They Portland could very easily be in the exact same position as Memphis. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of felt like going into their two games that they were basically the same team. I mean, I didn't really care about the record. Yes. It felt like they were the same team. Now,
1: I'm going to double-check it right now. So... Um, rim frequency portland is 14th okay that accounts for 34.2 percent of their shots uh let's see accuracy second to last now they're Mm. at 58 percent rim finishing so they're at 58 percent the wizards are at 73 percent that is a 15% is huge. But just for reference, <laughs> league average is 65.4.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: so, and then on three-point percentage, they're at 30.8. 30. 30.8. 30, 30. They're barely above 30. Um, league average is 36%. And then the the various winners of the season so far, Oklahoma City and Houston, who are at 40.8 and 41.2.
2: Yeah. Well, Danny, Sunday is a—it's a battle. It's a battle for the fourth win of the year between us and the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Who would have saw that coming? Uh, right now, the ping pong update: Portland is sixth right now. They're tied with Chicago, but Chicago's percentage is worse because they have a uh, one more loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bulls, Wizards, Jazz, Pistons, Grizzlies. This is Lotto Watch 2023, and obviously, this is going to go into 2024. So there's you know an what? update. There's,
1: there's another one we need to watch. It's yeah, the, it's the Warriors. Remember, they have the Warriors' 2024 pick. Oh, touche! I forgot about that. So, like the Warriors right now, they're six and three. Yeah. but there's you know you're kind of wondering like you're if you're a Blazers fan, you're hoping the vibes for Clay are super sideways because he's he's they're working on a new contract. You're it, hoping like yeah. Dre pops a tire, that Kaminga gets a little unsettled, Steve Kerr decides sure. he wants to go to Academia. Like you're hoping for chaos. Look, it's top four protected, but hey. Warriors fall into the lottery. You love to see it. It's not going to happen, but it'd be fun.
2: Uh, we'll wrap it up here. Do you you think they can beat Utah? Utah's not having a good season so far.
1: So Utah's making their transition to Keontae George being their starting point guard. The Taylor Horton Tucker experiment there is over, which is going to be better for them in the long term.
2: Wait a minute. Hold on. Are we sure <laughs> Taylor Horton Tucker's not an all-world starting point guard well, in the he's, NBA?
1: He's not a Laker anymore, so yes. Um, <laughs> we're, we're certain of it. Um, but you're seeing like Lowry Markinen come back to earth a little bit because all of last year he had Mike Conley setting him up. And this is, again, the whole idea of like having a professional table setter yeah. and having a professional organizer and how huge that is. Um, the jazz have been significantly more disjointed. I've talked to a bunch of their reporters, uh, over the last couple of weeks, like the vibes there just aren't as good. Well, Mm -hmm. why? Because they suck to start the season because they don't have as many good players as they had last year. Yeah. Uh, Like they got rid of everybody that was like good uh, as far as like a veteran squad with the exception of Lowry. Now John Collins is there. Lowry's there. Walker Kessler's there. Like their front court is good, but they're dealing with a lot of the same situation as Portland. So Portland has Jeremy Grant. They have um, Matisse. They have DeAndre Ayton. Like they had Time Lord. Like they have these front court players, but their point guards all being hurt can't set the table for them and then they need that to happen and that's you've got all these gears but they don't line up and i think that's the kind of situation they're in so uh if portland has malcolm on sun or on tuesday i think they can win that game i think that one's gonna be but it's, it's gonna be tough it's on the road but uh I, it's kind of fun to think about them um being the in-season tournament darling like just chugging along and winning those games. Cause then there's like some little tiny thing to care about. Yeah. Um,
2: At least get to the knockout stage. Like that yeah, would be kind of cool. Be right? Super
1: fun. Um, yeah. Also, it's so much more fun to talk about wins than losses. Cause they're going to stack losses. Like they're, they have the worst offense in the league and that's, it's harder to have, like, re- remember when they had like a, you know, the best offense in the league, but they were like 22nd off defensively and they were still winning a lot of games. Yeah. If you flip those things and you have the best defense in the league with the twenty-second best offense, you're not very good. Like you don't you don't win games because the the slider of like what matters more in the NBA right now is offense. And so hundred hundred percent. So you, so you kind of have to find that spot in between there, right? I
2: I also feel like their defense is gonna get a little worse too. Yeah. I mean they, I, they've I, played a honest. lot of
1: really bad teams. Like yes. that 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 like you've played Memphis twice. You played Toronto. You played Detroit. Like the two was teams on strong shooting teams. No, Sacramento, missing Fox. Like they're still trying to figure yeah. stuff out. Like the two teams you played that beat the crap out of you hung points on you like crazy. So we'll see that defensive stuff yeah. kind of bounce out. But they are better and they do compete more on that end.
2: I, I look I I know what the end goal for the organization is here. We just did Lotto check twenty twenty three uh, I will my final thing I'll say is just beat Utah like it's it's if there's a couple teams you you need to beat every year like I get people want them to beat the Lakers I'm trying to be realistic here I don't think they will but beat Utah I will be rooting like hell for them to beat Utah that would make me so happy if they could what if that's that
1: the one game that like, separates them from the number one overall pick
2: well, then I'll be outraged at them for winning that game against Utah. I mean, that doesn't change my hatred of Utah. and probably just intensifies it like, hey, Utah, why did you screw us so hard by being so bad?
1: There you go. All right, well, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thank you all for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll do this again, uh, I think, Monday. Yeah, oh, yeah, Monday. Monday, uh, we may uh, We may have a guest. Oh, hello. Uh, uh, Mr. Casey on himself. I, I asked oh. him if he, if he was uh, interested in coming on tonight. I'm like, hey, it's a Friday night in Los Angeles and you have family coming into town. Do you want to hop on and do the podcast tonight? <laughs> Knowing full well he should not, would not, and will not. Uh, yeah. But he said he'd like to hop on on Monday. So um, we'll get a little report after the game against the Lakers and a little check-in on his vibes and kind of go from there.
2: All right, there we go. Good stuff, man. All
1: right, appreciate you all. Like, rate, view, subscribe. Help us grow the show. Do all the things you can find us on social media at Danny Maring, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Ramsey's. Email the show jackramseys at gmail.com. Other than that, everybody have a great, great night. Go watch some remix. That's what I'm going to go do. Uh, take care. Talk soon. And if you see me down at the Duck Game tomorrow and I don't remember you the next day, I'm sorry. It's because I'm very intoxicated. Have fun. Go, uh, be. <laughs> fight on. And uh, I'm going to be a sad, sad boy tomorrow. Take care, guys. Talk soon. Bye.